0: Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Our next guest says when it comes to business, equality is not just an HR issue. Building a more diverse and inclusive workforce can actually boost profits. He's Rafi Karim Aladina, co-author of Building an Inclusive Organization, Leveraging the Power of a Diverse Workforce. In nature, a diverse gene pool is an essential thing for species survival, but in business, diversity is often given lip service. Why do you say diversity is crucial for business survival?
1: In order to get the best result, in order to make the best decision possible consistently, you need to have a diversity of approaches. You need to have a bunch of different ways of trying to get at a solution to a problem. And... If you don't have that diversity of approaches, then you end up kind of coming at it from the same angle every time. And now that doesn't have to be terrible. It doesn't mean that your decision is going to be the worst decision or even necessarily a bad decision. What it does mean is that on average, over time, you're less likely to have the best decision over and over again. What we find in research repeatedly is that If you have a more diverse workforce or a diverse team that has had different life experiences, different educational experiences, and as a result has different approaches to a problem, then those teams are going to end up having more solutions, just a greater number of solutions to that problem. But they'll also have more creativity, more innovation. You'll have better accuracy in predictions. And there's a whole host of other kind of benefits that you can get from it.
0: In order to leverage the benefits of this diverse workforce, you say that businesses must also be inclusive. Now, what does that mean?
1: When we talk about diversity and inclusion, they're usually talked about together as one term. The problem is that diversity and inclusion are actually two very different concepts. Diversity is about getting the right mix of people with the right skills and competencies. But inclusion is about making sure the mix you have works. It's about creating that sense of belonging, having your voice heard, that sense that you matter and that what makes you unique from other people is what matters. And so you're not creating this environment where everybody's just trying to fit into a particular mold. It's that what makes them different is why they were hired in the first place. And so what happens there is that when you have this diverse team If you haven't got the inclusion side of it, then the people that might have a different approach, those differences are not going to be brought out. Those people will feel like they can't bring out that difference. So they might not feel like that uniqueness will be welcome. And as a result of that, you end up having the same problem you would have if you had a homogenous workforce and that everybody's approaching the same problem from the same angle. So you get none of those benefits that diversity can often bring. In other words, diversity is about the workforce and inclusion is about the workplace. And you need both in order to have those really effective best solutions. We're talking with
0: Rafi Karim Aladina, co-author of Building an Inclusive Organization, Leveraging the Power Of a diverse workforce. Rafi, how can a business leader create an inclusive workforce? What are the steps they can take to do that?
1: I think the first step is really come to an understanding about what that means. You need to have your own personal why as to why this matters for you. That's not just a simple transactional thing. And realize that it's about your behavior as a business leader. It's not about these other people. Often when we do this kind of work with our clients, we hear people say things like, oh, I'm not diverse. But it's all contextual and we're all different in our own way. And so, yes, it's about gender and it's about race and it's about sexual orientation and disability. But it's also about did you grow up in a rural or an urban area? It's about are you an introvert or an extrovert? It's about your socioeconomic background. And so it's all about these other things that are often hidden that we don't really think about all the time when we think about diversity. So the first thing is realizing that, you know, it's a little bit more necessarily than what you have traditionally thought. And the second is that, you know, you are a part of that and changing your own behavior is the key. The second thing is that everybody has biases and that's not something we can really avoid. And in some cases it can be really useful and we need them in order to survive and make the millions of decisions we make every day. But it's also important that we know that some of times these biases are actually really bad and that they're natural, but there are things we can do about it. The truth is that if you're trying to get rid of your biases, that might be possible, but it takes a really long time of concentrated, active effort. And realistically, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So what we suggest instead is that you remove the opportunity for bias to come into play. So when you're in your job, let's say you're recruiting someone, you're trying to hire someone, one of the options might be to just anonymize all of the CVs that come your way. So take out any references to things like race or gender or age. Those kinds of anonymizations can really help because then you're just less likely to have those subconscious biased reactions to something that's kind of irrelevant. Another option might be changing the way you run your meetings. So one of the things that we find is really important to creating that level of inclusion is making sure that people understand that dissent and disagreement is worthwhile. Is something that you welcome. So you might schedule time in your meetings to play devil's advocate. You might have one person play that role and rotate that person through every meeting, but you might also do it as just a time period where the goal is to just poke holes in everything and finding a reason why something shouldn't happen. And you might see that as why are you trying to make things negative? But the other side of that is making sure that people understand that having a different perspective is really valuable. And that can really help develop a workplace that encourages people to bring out that individuality and to come up with those ideas that might be a little bit different.
0: You actually have some statistics from a study that was done that shows that more of a diverse workforce does result in better financial results. Could you tell us about that?
1: Yes, companies that were in the top quartile of gender diversity were 15% more likely to have returns above the industry median. And for ethnic diversity, that number was 30%. So while this is something that we've known for a while, this was the first that could really conclusively show this direct effect as clearly as possible with these numbers. What I find most interesting though, is that there are other studies that show that these benefits don't come if that diversity isn't leveraged, if you don't have a place where that diversity feels valued. If you don't have that inclusion, then the diversity doesn't really matter.
0: Well, the book is Building an Inclusive Organization, Leveraging the Power of a Diverse Workforce. Rafi Karim Aladina is co-author with Stephen Frost. Rafi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.